Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. We release three interviews every single week. A a new interview with an artist on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if that's something that interests you, if you're a big music nerd, a music geek, and you love hearing about the process, uh, that's a good opportunity right now to subscribe to the series. And uh, and we'll do all the work for you, delivering it uh, straight from Apple Podcast or Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, Please do hit that subscribe as we get started here. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today my guest, Patterson Hood of the Drive-By Truckers. The Drive-By Truckers have a brand new record called The Unraveling. Now, in a way, this follows up their 2016 record called American Band, a record that was uh, released and recorded around the time that, well, Trump was being elected, and they could kind of see what was possible to be happening in the country. Now that stuff has happened, so now we get The Unraveling. This is a record in real time, which is actually, as Patterson will tell you, a little bit different from the band. Yes, they have a long history about writing political songs or or songs about uh, injustices, but, but not so in real time as The Unraveling takes place. So we're going to hear about that process and especially the themes, which goes from school shootings to a song called Babies in Cages 
heroin again, rosemary with a Bible and a gun, and thoughts and prayers. I probably don't even have to explain to you what's happening in those songs because the titles paint a very clear picture. So yes, Patterson and I are going to get very political. We're going to be talking about what those moments in history were like to become songs. We'll specifically hear about uh, kind of the center post of the entire record is a track called 21st Century USA, which was a big turning point in his writing for this album. And Thoughts and Prayers, while it does focus on school shootings, uh, also slides in some flat earthers as well. A bit of levity, even unintentionally, in a very heavy record. Outside of all that, we'll also hear about recording the record, which was uh, actually a lot of fun, as he'll tell you. They went down to Memphis, got in Sam Phillips' old studio with all the vintage gear, recorded it live like it was the old days. And that part's really fun to hear about, actually. So let's jump into this, discussing the record, The Unraveling. It's Kyle Meredith with Drive-By Truckers. Hey, how you doing? Man, The Unraveling, it's it's huge. It's an amazing record. It's... um. What, what do you what do you say about a record like this? Because you don't want to say, "Oh man, I love these songs because they're so fun." Because you know, I, I love listening to this, but it's not. <laughs> I'm not sure how right. to comp- yeah how to compliment a record like this. Yeah, I hope next time we make a record, that's what people say. Like, God damn, drive by truckers are fun, <laughs> you know? Because 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 we are fun. We're we're a fun band. It's a it's our our show's kind of infamously fun, and our songs have always skewed towards dark. And so there's always been a bit of that contrast between, you know, the dark songs and, and, and sometimes pretty dark albums and finding the joy and playing really loud and, and loose, you know, as a live band, which we've been on the road a really long time. And right. it's a it's a pretty smoking, rocking show as it morphs and evolves, you know, from record to record and sometimes night to night. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I mean, this this record, it, it, this record's darker. You know, it, it's a dark time. We're, we're living in a in a, a crazy. You know, I don't know if you've noticed. I don't know if you ever <laughs> read the news or anything, but but things are are really screwed up. Yeah, they are. And, uh, and that's my radio edit version. <laughs> but, uh, I can hear it. I can hear um, you wanting to say it. I could. <laughs> yeah, you know, I caught myself in the nick of time. But uh, good, good grief, you know, and we're you're, you're our last hope, Democrats. <laughs> oh my God, we're so screwed, you oh, know. Man. And you know, uh, this being the Iowa caucus. I mean, oh my God! You know what? 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 What are we gonna do? But it's a crazy time, and uh, and and you know, in all seriousness, everything is kind of upside down and inside out, and these times have you know caused rifts in friendships and families. Even the last thing I really wanted to do was write songs about it. To be totally honest, and I wrote a bunch of stuff leading up to the songs that ended up being this record that were about some other things and all that, but it kind of, it it honestly kind of felt cowardly and wrong to not talk about what was really on my mind. And a lot of these songs were inspired directly. A lot of the songs I wrote were inspired directly by conversations I had with my children who uh, aren't really even children anymore. My daughter's a teenager and really about to be 15 in a few days, you know? And, And so we have a lot of very, hardcore conversations around the house and in the car and they have a lot of concerns about things and I, 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 a lot of the songs kind of came as a direct response to things that we talked about it's not like it's the first time you've written about this this stuff either in, in various ways um politics or or injustices or whatever but oh, but for sure does it feel diff- different this time about how you're having to write about it 
Yeah, it does feel different this time. And, uh, I mean, our, our, our records have always dealt with stuff that, you know, there's always been a political aspect to what we do. I mean, Southern Rock Opera was, a, mm-hmm. was certainly a very political record, you know, talking about post-Civil Rights South and, and, and George Wallace and all of that. And Dirty South paralleled what was going on in the early 2000s, post-9-11, during the, you know, lead-up the Iraq war and Afghanistan war and and Bush's policies and, uh, you know, and kind of paralleling those with things that kind of had their start in the Reagan years and particularly the song putting people on the moon. But but this record and the last record have been set in the very contemporary now. And it's it's just, a, you know, I mean, they're they're taking little kids away from their parents and putting them in cages. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around, you know, America, we're supposed to be like, we at least like to pretend that we're like good guys and, and, and in these various stories and plot lines. And it's, it's, it's getting really, it's getting harder and harder to look yourself in the mirror and feel that way at this point in time with what all we're doing. You know, I mean, my kids have lockdown drills in their schools and they come home terrified, you know, and I had a very uncomfortable conversation with my son about the, about the, that led directly to the song Babies in Cages about, you know, his fears that someone would take him away from his mother and I. And answering that and calming his fears we then had to have the discussion about why he didn't really have to be scared of that. And that was a, that was a terrible, hard conversation to have explaining that, you know, the fact that we're of Anglo descent and his white skin, he wasn't in danger of that. And, you know, the look on his face, trying to, trying to wrap his head around that because he's not really, was not really aware of that kind of thing. And so all of those types of things led, you know, it's like, to me, this record's maybe the most personal record we've ever made. I mean, it, it, to me, it's, it's people talk about it being a political record. To me, it's a very personal record because of how involved my feelings with my family are tied in with these songs. You know, I, I'll go back to some of the stuff that you were talking about there, too, especially with some of your back catalog, because as it's been told many times, you know, here you are, uh, Drive-By Truckers are, you know, a southern rock band for more or less for generalization purposes right here. But to be left-leaning, progressive speaking in, in the South isn't anything that's that's new to you all. But, you know, also being historians, I mean, it all it's all backwards, right? And it's all been backwards for a long time because, you know, even now as we, we try to grasp hardworking people voting against their better selves – but I, I wonder, you know, from your point of view, at least from mine, you know, so I'm a little bit further north, north in Kentucky, but the opposition, and I say the opposition as in me and you, it's starting to finally sound louder than normal, or at least harder to mute anyway. I hope so. And I like hearing that coming from Kentucky. And, uh, you know, it certainly is getting louder in Georgia at the same time with the way districts are drawn and, and, and all of that. It, it's and also just how hard they're able to make it for a lot of people who feel the way we do to vote, you know, as far as closing down polling places in, in predominantly black and Hispanic districts and wiping names off of voting lists and things like that. I mean, there's, you know, there's all kinds of dirty trickery at play. And so it's getting harder and harder for even if our voices are getting louder, it's getting harder and harder for it to be heard. 
And as a songwriter, I mean, it seems like there's just there's so much to tackle. I mean, it, it, I feel like you could do an entire concept record on any of the ideas that you focused on in any one specific song uh, uh, on this new record, oh, on God the unraveling. Forbid. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I'm really ready not to, you know. And uh, I would love for for it to be something that we dabble in in the future, and not something that we're so immersed in in the future. But we we've, we've got a you know, we've got to get over this hump. This year, this year is a very, a very important. I know they say that every election year, there's, there's someone that stands and says this is the most important election, right. of, you know, of our time or of all time or whatever. But it's pretty hard to deny the importance of this election or the magnitude of what a second term for this president would be like in terms of. Of him, I mean, he 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 likes to act like he has a mandate with his very meager victory last time that was dependent on he lost by three million votes but won the electoral college and he treated that like a mandate. So you can really only imagine what a reelection, what a second term would look like. Right. And and you know, this being Kentucky, there is no downplaying how vital. Kentucky is. I don't even know if it's really truly in play, but it it certainly needs to be, you know, because so many of the things that are wrong right now in our country are directly related to Senator McConnell. Absolutely. So he needs to be taken down. He needs to lose. And that is vitally important. The Obama presidency was so stifled. I mean, we didn't even get our Supreme Court. We didn't even get a hearing right. for a really moderate Supreme Court pick because Obama's pick was, you know, not a far left pick. That was a that was a attempt at playing ball, picking someone very mainstream right down the middle, and he didn't even get a hearing. And that's, you know, I believe unprecedented. It's certainly unprecedented in my lifetime, you know, and I've 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 studied politics since I was a little boy. I have kept up. It's, you know, not being particularly interested in sports. Politics was always kind of my sport. And uh, so I've followed it since I was, you know, literally eight or nine years old. And I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, I I feel like, you know, for a while, uh, we used to think maybe that Dick Cheney was, you know, the most evil thing that happened to the country. But but I think McConnell has really given him a a really good game, you know? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's probably an easy seg into a song like 21st Century USA, since that's exactly where we are and, and what we're looking at here. But but as I read, like that was also a big turning point in, in, in how you wrote this record and what you went after, right? It was. I was, uh, for the longest time, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I was writing some songs that just didn't really feel like where it felt like the band was stepping away from from where we were and what we've been saying and it felt dishonest and 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 even a little cowardly but at the same time you know I was really proud of American Band that album and I, I was I was I didn't want to do it the disservice of basically writing another one so I couldn't quite figure out where that left me I wrote 21st Century USA on the road on during tour stopped stopped at a uh, Holiday Inn Express an off ramp on I-90 just outside of Gillette Wyoming and we were all walking to this Mexican restaurant a couple of blocks away 
And I don't know, you know, I don't, I, I've been writing songs since I was eight. I still don't really understand where they come from or why some things become a song. But by the time I got to the restaurant, I was writing the first verse on a napkin. And as soon as I ate, I ran back to the room and finished the song really quickly. And when I wrote that song, particularly the third verse, the last verse of it, I thought, okay, I, I found my voice. I know, I know, I know what this record is. It's a more personal look at where we're at. And so it kind of opened floodgates. And over the next three months, I wrote pretty much the majority of the songs that I wrote for this album were written right in that period. There's something about that song, uh, maybe against all the other songs on there, which, you know, a lot of the other songs, like, I mean, it's all dark, but uh, obviously, but, you know, they, they tend to center in on specific bleak situations 21st century usa as dark as it is and and as terrifying as some of the lines are in that it's also the one song that i think shows a little bit of hope like it doesn't have to be like this like the other stuff has already happened but here's your chance out and it doesn't it doesn't have to be like that i mean i spend i spend more time on the road than most people on earth i mean Mm -hmm. i mean our band has been on tour basically almost nonstop since 1997. And last year we played less shows than we've played since 97. And we still came in at somewhere around hooking towards 70 shows. And I mean, that's the first time we've been like really under a hundred shows in all that time. There've been years when we played 200, 250 shows and counting days off that you're still on the road in some town in in a motel. That's a lot of time out among a lot of people all over the country and not just on the, the East Coast and the West Coast, but, you know, in, in, in Kansas and Kentucky and, and all over in Gillette, Wyoming, you know, although honestly, I still haven't been to Gillette, Wyoming. I've just been to a, an off-ramp. But, uh, but that was kind of part of the point, too, is all the off-ramps, no matter where you are, they all look alike. There, there, there's really not a, a, a dime's difference between an off-ramp in Wyoming and an off-ramp in Alabama and an off-ramp in rural Oregon or wherever you are. You know, the graffiti in truck stops is almost always the same. And I meet people, and I'm always amazed at the kindness of strangers and how many just fine people I meet all over the country in red states and blue states and urban and rural and, and all the different types of places we are. People still I still like feel like there is is overall a fundamental goodness in people which just makes it even harder for me to wrap my head around why people who I think are are often well-meaning and and trying to you know do what they feel is right for their families or whatever end up coming to some of the conclusions they do in the voting booth I mean or become flat earthers as you point out in thoughts right. of Paris which by right. the way that's a that's a fun moment in in, a, in another dark song, but but also it's it's the maybe the biggest um, palm smack forehead moments uh, on earth at, at the moment. Like of all the stupid things, we're talking about flat earthers, right? I, I, when I wrote that song, you know that song was written, of course, on the the days surrounding. I can't even remember which one. I mean, one of the mm-hmm. many horrific mass shooting events that that have that happen over and over and over and the song basically kind of wrote itself you know because of the anger at seeing people who have the power to at least attempt to try to enact some kind of some kind of change just help you know it's like it's like you know it's like you know no pragmatic person really sees 
a, a, a near future where anyone's going to take everyone's guns away right. for Christ's sake. Right. But that don't mean that you can't tighten it up. I mean, the Brady Bill did good. And you can look at a rise in those types of things happening. You know, the Brady Bill was a watered down small step, but it helped. It was a small step in the right direction and nullifying that, which, by the way, you know, came under President Reagan. Uh, and so, you know, nullifying the Brady Bill and, and, and all of the hundreds of times that things like that have happened since. And it, it all adds up to and then just say, well, we're all for our thoughts and prayers. And so I'm writing the song and right at the exact moment, the week that I was writing that song, there was a situation with a flat earther who like. I guess went up into uh, some kind of a high flying <laughs> thing and and cra- You know, it was, it was like it was like something on the news a few couple of years ago, right when I wrote that song that involved that, and it just it just fit too perfect into the song not to use. Even even if it's not a happy moment, it, there's some kind of uh, uh, at least a re- pressure release in, in that moment. Uh, I don't know. Was, I guess we all just rolled our eyes, or at least I did. <laughs> right, right, for sure. I don't want the music to take a backseat uh, on this. You know, there's so much attention that is paid to these lyrics, and they are very important lyrics. But I do wonder if that had its own story about how you approach this record with the music, because even like a song like Baby in Cages, like the music fits such a mood in that song. Yeah, you know, the the band as it stands, the this lineup of the band, which has been in place now for about eight years, plays so well with each other and everybody is so tuned in to to playing the songs and only doing what brings out what's best for the song you know there's there's no there's nobody showboating at any point in time in this in this band and uh i really love the way everybody played in the studio making this record and you know we, we kind of i think kind of approach it the way people who score films do you know we're kind of scoring these lyrics like you would score a scene in a film mm-hmm. and trying to bring out the emotion of that the lyrics are throwing up in the air trying to find a way to kind of really you know play off of that and and turn that into really a big part of the piece and uh you know most of these songs were, we, we cut this record in seven days in memphis tennessee at the sam phillips recording service which uh is the studio that sam phillips built uh in like 1961, 62, mm-hmm. right after he sold Sun. And he basically took his money and built his dream studio. It was like state-of-the-art for its time. And Sam was kind of a mad genius with these. He had this whole idea about echo and echo chambers and reverbs and how to use it in records. You know, the slapback effect on those early Sun records was such a big part of the sound of those early Elvis and Johnny Cash and Carl Perkins records. And he was kind of felt like it was time to take that to the next level. And so when he built that studio, he designed and built three different sized echo chambers into the actual building, all three of which have been lovingly restored back to, you know, 1962 period perfect. So we had the best time playing around with that with, you know, that old ancient gear and uh, all those great old tube compressors and, and and the echo chambers. And we basically cut almost everything live in the studio, you know, overdub here or there. there and there was one song that was kind of an exception to that because we, we actually spent a long time building uh, Grievance Merchants 
because we wanted it to sound sonically different in, in a way that kind of necessitated recording it in a different way. But but the rest of it was basically live, all of us playing on the floor. And I think we were kind of inspired by the room as well as by, you know, what each other was doing. You can tell that the love went into that. I mean, it, it, again, it, it's a huge sounding record. Uh, and every bit of the way. Um, obviously, I'm a fan of it, regardless of, uh, of of the lyrics that we're going to be singing along to at these live shows and, and however we sing along to these. But um, because I find myself just humming Armageddon's back in town, you know, as if it were raindrops falling on my head. So, you know, I think that's a compliment awesome. as a songwriter. Hey, thank you. <laughs> as, as a Burt Bacharach fan, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Uh, Patterson, it has been an absolute pleasure and an honor talking to you. We are such big fans of you over here and love everything that you all have given. So, uh, once again, thanks for this music and, uh, and thank you for the call today. Man, and I hope everybody gets out and, you know, is registered to vote and, you know, let's, let's take back Kentucky. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it, people. We can do it, you know. All right. Thank you so much. Great, great talking to you. You too, man. Take care. Uh, you too. Bye-bye. My thanks, Patterson Hood. The new Drive-By Truckers record is called The Unraveling, and it's available now. And thanks to you for checking out the episode. If uh, if you haven't already, I do hope you subscribe to the series. Again, we have new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a great way to keep up with artists or learn about new artists that you don't know about uh, across so many different genres. So you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Acast, wherever you get your podcasts from. And hopefully even uh, you'll uh, give a chance to leave the series a, a review and, uh, and give us a rating as well. That's always a huge help. After that, head to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews, too. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can also find me on any social media platform, at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.